All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the show that wishes they would make a new season of Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> it's Aliens After Dark. <laughs> and I'm your host, Icarus Kane, and this is good pal of the show, Riggs. Riggity Riggs. <laughs> Doing good, my brother. Glad to be here. Hell yeah. Glad to see you, man. Yes, sir. Glad to be seen. <laughs> uh, okay, so today's episode is the third episode of the Patterson Gimlin film series, film series that we're doing. And today we're going to talk about the costume design and kind of what Hollywood was doing at that point in time. And then I know you got some uh, some technical stuff on the film and kind of what they were using and stuff. So um, yes, can jump right into it if you want, man. Yeah, dude. Let's just start off with it. Um, so I got some notes I'm going to pull up right now. Um, let's see here. So the biggest part of contention, well, the first of all, his camera he used was the Cine Kodak K100 camera. Yep. Um, and see that what the big um, uh, issue with it is is he doesn't remember what frames per second he filmed it in. So, just right. a little backstory. So when you go back in the day when you used to go see a movie and it was played on film, um, it's actually not motion you're seeing. It's just twenty four frames played per second, and that creates the illusion. Right. Of, okay. you know, so that's kind of a cool thing, too. So so that's just kind of like what he's talking about. And that camera specifically, it could be at a 16 frames per second, 24, 32, 48 or 64 or anything in between. Um, right. Now, this camera is not, you know, anything that they would be filming. You know, they didn't film Planet of the Apes on this camera or anything like that. It's. Um, you know, it's kind of like a step above, I would say, um, like a beginner super eight camera or whatever. Okay. So, you know, it's not total novice, but, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, inconsistent as far as like the markings with the frame rates. So, um, another thing I wanted to say too is, um, well, real quick, yeah, because you mentioned the, the different frame speeds that it had, I was reading and basically it can look like it looks like it can uh it toggles in between those like it's like a it's like a dial and you can dial in between and you can leave it in between 16 and 24 and so i i think that's kind of what he there was some confusion on what uh patterson was claiming he he uh filmed it at because he claims he films it at 18 frames per second right. and so they were just like oh well he just might have misspoke and meant 16 frames per second since there's no actual 18 spot on the dial right but right but other people have brought up they're like well no he just kind of put the dial in between 16 and 24 and thought it was about 18 and also like i think there was some analysis done to figure out exactly for sure what he filmed it at and i think they came up with about 19 uh frames per second so he was maybe intentionally maybe unintentionally right in between um 16 and 24 but it doesn't have like a lock dial like it doesn't like click to a spot it's just like kind of like a free dial like you can go in between without having it click onto each spot 
like how some dials do nowadays. Well, and with these cameras too, it wasn't like I said, you couldn't film a film with it really because you can't sync sound with it because the motor is so inconsistent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no way to like, there's no way, you know, when you're filming a movie, you record dialogue second, second, you know, secondly anyway on Mm -hmm. its own, but Mm -hmm. because of like the clapper and everything, you're able to sync it in post. Well, I mean, you can't sync something like this in post, but you know, it didn't have volume with it obviously, but that just shows you how inconsistent it is and how the motor kind of gets as close as it can type thing. But it, you know, it's not a, it's not law by any means. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another thing too, I was going to say about him too. Um, this guy named John Napier, have you ever heard of him? Oh yeah. Yeah. Primatologist. I didn't know much about him, but I, I researched him a little bit for this thing. And uh, he had a really good quote. It says, if the movie was filmed at 24 frames, then the creature's walk cannot be distinguished from a normal human walk, Mm -hmm. meaning that lends to someone being in a suit. Right. Um, Right. Then the rest of the quote says, if it was filmed at 16 or 18 frames, there are a number of important respects in which it is quite unlike man's galt think is what that's called galt yeah um so you know he says that um likely the patterson would have used 24 frames because it is best suited for tv transmission um but he says that's entirely speculative so i mean you know it's kind of and there's another quote from another guy too i could bring up that you know they if it's if it was at 16 and 18 frames then it's really hard to poke holes in that yeah yeah yeah, I just did. Uh, we'll talk about this more on the fourth episode, but I just finished a bunch of research on um, kind of what the scientists have to say specifically about it. And uh, it's a, yeah, it's, I think a couple different scientists came to those, that same conclusion that, like, along with Napier, um, if it was filmed at 16 or 18 frames per second, there's no way a human could have recreated it or, could have done this at those frames right if it was at 24 it's completely plausible that it could be a guy in a suit and a human could could make those actions but like like we just mentioned it's it's pretty definitively proven that it was filmed at right around 19 yeah uh, frames per second so well and there's another quote too this guy says he has 9k 100 cameras and he said, so even when the dial is set to 16, the camera actually runs at 18. He said he tried it on one of his cameras and oh, it was yeah, that really? result. Yeah, so that's, it was a guy named Bill Munns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got his book, yeah. Yeah, we'll so. will talk about that here in a minute. And I thought that was interesting too. And another thing too about like the frames per second aspect is, um, you know, they there was the, the beginning or whatever there's running, you know, when he started filming like the full video or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that running pace was synchronized with regular bounces and, you know, so they kind of proved that that thing too, that it was kind of leaning towards 18 per second, just based off like how normal a bounce would be and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. just, and you know, as the viewers will know too, that's just, you know, and that's just the video. I mean, even if it was frames, you know, at 24 frames per second and it was a, more like a human walk. That doesn't explain the, you know, the veins that are bulging out and like right. Right. that stuff. So, I mean, 
you know, it's it's. I think it's just a way for people to spec be you know overly speculative about it, and um, I don't really think that that the frames per second definitely matters, but um, it's not that that to me that is proving or disproving, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, and so there's there's some things that a lot of people don't realize with the film, like I didn't realize, and kind of feel like I don't know if I've already said it on the first couple episodes if I'm just repeating myself a little bit here, but um, he filmed the the famous footage of, of Patty. It starts on frame, I think, 76. Uh, he's he's filled, or the 76th foot. So it's like 100 foot of film, and he's already filmed 76 feet of film. Mm-hmm. Just getting images of scenery it's called the horseback footage and it's just kind of them on on horseback you know riding through the the wilderness like getting getting footage of scenery and and you know for his documentary and kind of b-roll and stuff and uh, it he mentions like it, it was really like them filming the other parts of their documentary that they were making like they were i don't know if they had found any tracks the whole reason they were in that area is because they had heard about some tracks but i don't know if they had really found any if they had they would have filmed their kind of discovery of it and you know filmed it for that documentary so there was about 76 feet of film that were that came along before he catches patty and then if this is a hoax you have to step back and think like would you really risk your one shot at at, you know getting this first of all if it was a hoax and it was staged like you probably have recorded it a couple times you wouldn't record 76 feet of film for some rant expecting something right right if you're if you're planning to create this hoax and then only have 25 24 feet of film left before you have to change the film you know if you what if you fuck it up on that one try then you have to change the film and go back and do it you know do it again i guess i don't know but like that just seems a little weird to me that lends to it not being a hoax because you wouldn't if it was a hoax you would do it at the start of your film like you wouldn't be you would maybe go get scenery and other footage if you're going to clip it all together right afterwards maybe not you know what i mean like not necessarily beforehand especially on that film too so um and the only way that and the only thing that you know, if you wanted to play devil's advocate was that would be like, well, maybe he started filming the documentary and then was like, fuck it, I'm just going to stage it. But even then, it's not like he can just say, I'm going to stage it, so let's just go do it. Because yeah. as we'll talk about, if he used the, if he had this suit, supposed suit made, it's not an overnight thing. And we're talking about cutting edge state of the art stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, that would be the only thing I'd say. Well, maybe he was like, fuck it, I'm frustrated, let's just do it. But um, I don't think, you know, and I think that lends credence to that I don't think he was expecting to see anything. He was just, mm-hmm. like you said, filming his documentary, hoping to get whatever he could. But when he got that, I mean, who could expect that, you know? Yeah, yeah. One other thing um, before we move on, I kind of wanted to mention – uh, cause I want to get back to what you just said, but, um, people, that's another thing people don't realize is like this film is the one that we see on YouTube and you know, the best, the best ones you can find on the internet is a copy of a copy 
of a copy i think like <laughs> right. and then it's it's been blown up and and enhanced and digitized and you lose a lot of detail and sharpness when that happens so a lot of what we've seen as in the public it's just this digitized blown up maybe stabilized a little bit maybe you know tried to work on a little bit but it's still been digitized up from a, a copy not from the original even so like so much gets lost and we just see this like blob another blob squatch and that's why a lot of people i think dismiss it right away like it but if we were able to look at the original copy on the original weight like on actual you know a film uh projector like the actual way to originally see it first of all bigfoot's way smaller and way farther away than once it's zoomed in and blown up you know it looks like he was a lot closer to it but right. that's not actually how close he was and that's something i don't think a lot of people realize at first like well in film too lines. like especially like multi-generational film copies like you know film is uh you know after it's as as soon as it's made it's already perishing you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's got to be, be preserved really well and um the cool thing about the film is if we had the original negatives you know from the actual film that he shot that day the actual negatives you could make copies till the end of time off those because um for instance if you shoot a if you shoot a movie or commercial on 4k um, digitally it's only going to be that's as good as it will ever be is on 4k mm -hmm. now when you you when you shoot something on film it can be still to this day can be made up to 12k sometimes like i've heard like up to hundreds of k like that's how much mm -hmm. information film holds wow that's, so yeah that's cool yeah very cool and i think it'd be really cool to you know get the hand do you know who by chance has like the original reels Dude. or it's been lost. It's a crazy story. Um, basically, let me try and remember. Um, Pat so Patterson died in 72. The rights to the movie went to his wife and Deatley, his brother-in-law. And I think Deatley got, I don't, I don't know exactly how he left the picture but he wasn't really in the picture a whole lot seems like and um his wife had the rights to it she sold the rights to a couple different people but i don't remember exactly i don't have the research in front of me but um basically they could use it you know given her approval and different things but uh they weren't just allowed to use it for whatever they want when they bought the rights like they had to still get what they were using it in approved um something like that i'm not sure so it was like leased to them or whatever kind for of, specific yeah, reasons for, for specific things yeah and then whatever company had the rights went out of business and had actually oh no this is what happened they actually bought the physical original but they weren't allowed to use it in anything she still owned the rights so they had to go get it approved from her or whatever so this company who had the original um went bankrupt and then somebody else bought it and then they went bankrupt or something and then along different lines and different branches you know whatever money changes hands and different people end up buying the uh company or at least like the contents of their warehouses and stuff mm -hmm. and 
since then it's just been lost to time like she uh, patterson's widow she doesn't have it they've looked through her garage and her like storage areas i think and they she doesn't have it um gimlin doesn't have it and there was a couple other guys like uh renee de hinden had had the the physical film for a long time he was kind of took up the mantle after roger died and he was a i think he's an anthropologist or uh primatologist i'm not sure which one but He's one of the main scientists that kind of took the film around in different places and, and took it to scientists and other academics to get them to, you know, check it out. He took it to Russia and got the Russians to do some good work on it. He took it all over Europe, all over England, Spain, um, and kind of just got it in front of the right the right people's eyes to give it a little bit different perspective. And in Russia, they're a lot more accepting of of a Bigfoot wild man creature actually being real. Um, so they took it a little bit more seriously, but, uh, didn't, had it for a while. And I, th I don't know if the production company or whatever company it was that bought it from him. I don't know if what happened to it from there. Um, I think Dehendon's son, thought they might have it and, and looked and, and ended up not having it. Um, so pretty much from, from then on, it's kind of just been lost to time because these companies who did have the actual physical original were bankrupt and sold and uh, different people bought it. And so it might just be sitting, it's probably just sitting in a warehouse somewhere. Rotting. You know, yeah, waiting for somebody to find it. And But there's there's two original copies made. So like first first edition copies i think two or three and i think we still have some people still have those like the guy that guy uh, B um bill munns he i think he has a set of so the second generation copy like mm -hmm. like you have the first the original and then you make a copy and that's the second generation i think right. he has one of the second generation copies I which mean, is that's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's as good as you're going to get. Cause it's well, yeah. probably from the original negative. So, I mean, yeah, technically it, you know, anything other than the original negatives is second generation. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And he's got the equipment to actually like scan up close, like he to, you know, physically analyze it without having to digitize it first and, and do mm -hmm. all this you know, you lose all this stuff. He's got the equipment to actually like zoom in, scan it correctly, project it correctly, and his book is is fucking a lot, dude. It's like it's super in depth, and which I like it. It's it didn't really. Some parts get a little bit boring, but that's just because I don't know a whole lot, a whole whole lot about film. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's really in depth. It's really good, actually. It's a pretty good read. He's, I a, think pretty, I'll he's read a pretty it. good writer too. Yeah, it's worth a pickup. I mean, there's a lot of like really good um, insights that he kind of gives, and there's a lot of really good comparison pictures, um, which we can get into. I, I've got a couple little captions that I want to read from it um, here in a minute, but it's called uh, "When Roger Met Patty" by mm. Bill Mun William Munns, um, Bill Munns, and it's it's a really good book, man. I'll, we'll we'll get into it here in just a second, but um, but yeah, it, it's it's worth a read. 
So the film itself, 16 millimeter Kodachrome 2K100, Kodak K100, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he used the film itself is a 16 millimeter Kodachrome 2, which is a color reversal film, which basically means it has no negatives. So you actually like, not like no negatives, but like it, you can just look at the film and see it. Um, you're not looking at the negative. Without it being, like, inverted, the whites right. and blacks, yeah. Right, right. Because if anyone who's looked through, like, film negative, it's like, you know, it, it looks crazy. Everybody's mm-hmm. skin is opposite. But then, like, if you've looked at a movie reel that's played, uh, you know, a print that's playing at a movie, you could just look at those and yeah, see it's, it. Yeah, you it's know? just like that, I think. Yeah. Um, it's the first color film to be used by, like, I think it's the first color film made that, is used commercially and, and independently. Uh, it's the same film that was used in the Zapruder film. Mm. And it's just supposed to be really good, sharp quality, like, f- especially for that time. But I think even, like, I think they discontinued it in 2007, and people were, like, pretty pissed about it because it, it's, it's just a good quality film. Oh, for sure, man. And we're, we're trying to get a lot of film stuff back going, you know, but... Yeah, I mean it's a beautiful film. I mean even in like the rough YouTube videos you see like every all the colors are super vivid like, you know, you almost feel like you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do you what else you got? Uh what what do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about the camera a little bit more or you want to talk about some I don't want to bore people, but uh, yeah. you want to talk about some costume stuff and movie design and stuff? Let's go to costumes and movie design. I think uh, we've uh, covered the film as much as we you know, should without putting people to sleep. Okay, yeah. Um, well, so Hollywood at that time, I think so um, 1941, so a couple of years, you know, 20 years before this, you have a guy named Charlie Gamora. Uh, he was a costume designer in the 40s, and I cannot remember what the movie was called. Let me see. What's his name? Uh, okay, Charlie Gamora. He wrote a did a did a gorilla costume in a movie called um, Monster and the Girl. Hmm. I think it's what it's called. Yeah. Um, so he did a guy in a gorilla costume in this movie and it, it looks pretty good. It looks like an actual gorilla. Um, but it also, it looks like a guy in a, in a gorilla costume. Um, hmm. it's kind of like a big, like almost like jump shoot, jumpsuit ish coveralls type thing with the head separate, like on top. Um, but I mean, it looks really good. It's got, it looks like kind of like real fur, but like also like more kind of like carpet. Like it's not like how, costumes are nowadays where they're latex and they're stretchy and stuff it looks like fur on this guy almost like a bear skin like looks really thick um it does look pretty good like i i do yeah, I think right. it does look good yeah yeah for um, the time period i mean but you exactly. know like and like we're about to get into like but there is defining things that are different than Mm-hmm. what they picked up on a 16 millimeter film in whatever lighting of the day you know so yeah anyway yeah. go ahead well no yeah it looks really good for 1941 um for that time period he he was 
one of the main guys who was like on the cutting edge at that time of, of those types of costumes. Um, then next guy I have is um, Yanov Brushka or Brahuska. Um, if you want to look him up, I can't. I don't remember which which movies he worked on, but I know he was in the nineteen sixties. Um, Let's see. I'm looking him up right now. Okay. Janos Prohaska. Prohaska, yeah. All right. It, uh, J-A-N-O-S. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Name. I see some of his work right here. Looks like he's a sculptor. Yep. Yeah, he looks... But even still, I think the other costume looks better than that. Does he... What movies did he work on? Let's see here. Because he, he actually... Uh, they're called mimes, the guys in the costume. But he was actually an actor, like in the costume of a, a lot of the what he worked on. Let's see, he did um, TV series as The Outer Limits, Bewitched, mm-hmm, okay. I Dream a Genie, um, Lost in Space, Gilligan's Island. I mean, come on, yeah, he's where he plays a gorilla and all those too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he does. He he was like part of the next generation of really good. Um, costume designers and then you have um what's the guy look up um 2001 space odyssey uh i think it's freemore charlie freemore or something no that was a different something freemore brian maybe let's see ba-ba-ba-ba Pierre Cardin, Andre Courageous, uh, Hardy Amos. Uh, let me see. Might be Hardy. Hardy Amy's. Like, what the hell? I'm looking too. I can't find it, dude. What's this guy's name, man? I had his shit pulled up too. I can't find it anywhere now. Oh well, don't worry about it. Um, people can look it up at home. Yeah. Uh, either way, the 1968, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. There's that beginning scene where it's like a bunch of guys, kind of like chimpanzees, but they're supposed to be like early hominids. But uh, it's they're really good. I mean they still look like a guy in a monkey suit but like for the time i mean it looks they look really solid the the lips move in a couple um like the main one his lips move up and down and he shows his teeth a couple times when he's talking and i don't know if it's animatronics or what it is but it's looks pretty good i mean for 1968 you know so yeah yeah, yeah exactly and then also in 68, I think it was filmed in 67, but I think it came out in 68, um, Planet of the Apes drops. And those are a little bit different. Um, they look good. Again, people got to remember, this is like cutting edge of costume design at the time. So this is kind of our, our really our main comparison to if this is a guy in a costume, then this is the the best that Hollywood was putting out, and they had much larger budgets than what Roger Patterson had available to him. 
for sure. And like I'm looking at these right now from 1968, and it's like <laughs> there's just no way, dude. I mean, right? Like you look at it, and, and I'm not dogging on it, but out of all the examples, these are probably the worst ones, you know? Do you think so? I do. I mean, I think the uh, the monster and the girl or whatever that first one we looked mm-hmm. at that looked surprisingly convincing. Really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I, I guess with Planet of the Apes, too, they were wanting to kind of do, like, obviously they needed human facial, inter, you know, uh, reactions and stuff. And they had to, the apes had to actually kind of be human-like, I guess. Mm-hmm. So they probably, you know, sacrificed some things. But, yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, they in, just looked terrible. In Planet of the Apes, it was a lot more makeup than actual costumes. Like, the costumes, yeah, you're, like you're, you're, you were saying, they're still human, like, and they were made to look like human human apes, like apes standing up and, and acting like humans. Like so it was a lot easier for them to kind of make that uh you don't have to make it such a like a Bigfoot type. Um and it's like too, it's like what did they have as reference for how the ape would walk, you know? Like mm-hmm. you you can't watch Planet of the Apes and then it be, you know, especially this and and you know, get any kind of, you know, information on how primates walk and step yeah and then you know here here we are after the fact and there's primatologists that are like uh yeah they they really knew their stuff i'm like Mm -hmm. you know but we're talking about two guys who you know didn't know their stuff probably about you know i mean who could know this unless you've studied them you know oh yeah it's so hard to have all of the skills that they would have had to possess to pull this off like right one thing that's um, interesting about the walk of like Patty, the way that she walks is that it's not specifically a human type of walk and it's not specifically a primate or chimpanzee or gorilla or orangutan. It's not one of those types of walks. It's something in between primate and human or, you know, it's a different, it's a unique style of walking hybrid. Yeah. That that's that's a detail that people kind of skip over a lot. But like, would it uh, would you have originally like if you're trying to hoax this? Would you have said like, hey, let's make it walk like a chimp or a gorilla, or hey, no, let's make it walk like a human because it's more human or whatever, however you want to say. Or would you say, hey, no, let's make it walk like something completely independent, you know, completely unique and independent of everything else like I just it would be so hard to make that creative decision and how can you how can you make a decision like that as far as you know as far as knowing how it would walk or even think about that but then not start your camera off with a fresh roll of film Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly yeah great point I've always thought like okay so if this is all a hoax right if Bigfoot is completely bullshit and everything that everybody sees is just, you know, they mistake a bear or it's somebody out there trying to hoax you. And so it's a guy in a suit, you know, whatever. And you see a guy in a suit and mistake it for a Bigfoot, whatever. All of these are hoaxes, right? And all of the footprints are hoaxes, okay? Who originally made the decision that... Let's make this hoaxed foot. I'm going to carve a bunch of feet and 
we can go stamp them in the forest on like all over the ground who decide and made the decision like let's make this look like a human foot just really big or let's make this look like like why didn't they say let's make it look like a chimpanzee foot or a gorilla foot like those are very distinct feet you know like, well and easy and harder to to dismiss you would think too if it was like you would think if you were trying to you know make something foolproof you would do a chimp's foot because yeah. a human's foot just by looking at it you could say oh that's a human and it'd be hard to disprove that yeah so if you were smart and really overthinking these things you would have i would have used a you know a monkey foot or a chimp foot just because one, you know, you can fool more people with that, you know, if that's your your uh, motive. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because there's just so many little things. Like, I could see how – and, you know, I'm still kind of on the fix. I think I want to believe it more than maybe I do. But yeah, it's hard to just be like, okay, you know, I'm a pretty – you know, and you too are pretty realistic about things. So – Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would rather not believe a conspiracy theory than do, but it's hard to argue these little details is what I'm trying to circle back to is like yeah. the walking, the, you know, the footprint, like you said, the suit. I mean, it's just, if, you know, if this guy was making suits this good, why didn't he just, you know, make suits for Hollywood? Yeah. That's been a, a popular, uh, opinion that like, if he had the skills to create and fool scientists for 50 plus years now, why wouldn't he just go get a job in Hollywood being on the cutting edge of, of whatever, you know, costume design at that time? Like they didn't have latex yet at that time. They didn't, or spandex or anything stretchy, like skin type material. They didn't have, they were just getting certain types of like polymers or like rubbers or whatever to do like latex makeup and and stuff because that's kind of what they did in the planet of the apes they put these like um different i think he's i think it was just a polymer that they use i'm not 100 percent sure on that but they did these like makeup skin face things and how they were doing zombie movies at the time and stuff too but you're not creating a whole mask in a head like if you jump forward a couple of years you have um, King Kong comes out, and that one I think it comes out in 1976. It's a it's a lot better. And then fucking Harry and the Hendersons comes out, and that's like <laughs> the best one. But even then, it's like super cartoony. And but I wouldn't they, be surprised if not to cut you off. But I wouldn't no, be surprised good. if they took, um, you know, they took influence or inspiration from the Patterson Gimlin film because it does look similar yeah. like as far as yeah. like head shape and stuff yeah well i think the well, i think patty just become became this icon of bigfoot in general like everybody's seen that movie that jiff gets played all the you know all over the place when you're talking about bigfoot her famous walk and look back like everybody's done that you know and mm-hmm. go out in the woods and you walk like that you know just for fun just to you know dick around but like that that becomes a sticker and that becomes like put up that's like the icon that's like the thumbnail of bigfoot in general a lot of times and so yeah like when harry and the hendersons comes out it's it makes sense that it looks it was influenced by uh by patty originally but 
One thing that is interesting about Harry and Henderson's is that for the guy, I can't remember the guy's name who made the costume. He's he's a really popular costume designer, but he uh, he had to make the head super super big to be proportional with the body, and so it was a guy in a, in in a he, you know the head was a helmet, but like it was so much bigger than what Patty's actual head you know, actually is. Right. And he just had to do it for the proportions to be right, for it to look right. But Patty looks so original and her head's small. It couldn't have been a helmet just the way that it, it you know, isn't big enough for a human's head to actually be in. Even the one in 1941, you can tell the head's very big because you have to put a human's head in, inside of it and be able to function and look around and stuff inside of it. Um, Rick Baker too is by the way is the guy's name from uh, Harry and Henderson's yeah he's done a lot like yeah. he did yeah I mean he did American Werewolf in London which they yep. say that's like the best transforming scene ever you know mm-hmm. yeah 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 he's done a lot of really good shit um, did he do I, I think did he do the original Ninja Turtles uh, no the which I'm glad you brought that up because that's the best example of animatronic and um suit making but that mm-hmm. was actually jim henson's creature shop yeah 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 okay yeah yeah which they but i mean dude like while i got this guy pulled up for rick baker i mean we're talking mm-hmm. the exorcist uh, mm. uh king kong 76 he did yeah, that one king kong okay that was another one he did. um squirm which is a b movie but i've seen it it's pretty good um, the Howling, one of the best. Uh, oh, so he did the Howling right after American Werewolf in London. Both of them have like you know first of its kind, but best you know transforming scene. Um, oh wow, okay. Yeah, and that makes sense. That's uh, that's crazy. But I mean, every I mean, he did the makeup on Thriller. I mean, dude. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm Nutty Professor, uh, Men in Black. Uh, I mean, dude. Yeah, he's he's the fucking man, dude. Yeah, I didn't know he did Men in Black. That's good. That's another Alien movie that never gets mentioned. Just a sidetrack real quick. Like, I always forget about Men in Black when I'm like, oh, my favorite Alien movies. It's always like, you know, Predator, Alien, or Signs, or these kind of scarier ones, or like more sci-fi. But Men in Black is like, all all three of them are like super underrated. Like, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, in all honesty, could possibly be the closest thing to like an uh, alien and human re- yeah. interaction because I just feel like the government Some kind of reality. I mean, you see what they're doing with you know just recreational marijuana and stuff. Like the mm-hmm. government's gonna get their piece. So I believe if they if we're you know getting a whiff of this stuff, I mean they probably have two and they probably have a corner in the market. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So it could be a lot like Bitted Black. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hope not. But, uh, yeah, I love Tommy Lee Jones, so fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the third one's so good when they go back in time and see young Tommy Lee. Bro, and fucking Elijah Wood's character is great in that movie, dude. Elijah Wood. Yeah, he's the one that plays the the repeater or whatever. You what? know, yeah, like uh, in the third one, you're talking about with. Uh, is there a fourth one? No, I don't think so. Yeah, the third one with um, uh, what's his name from the Goonies? What? What are you talking about? Fuck around. Hold on. 
Men in Black. Dude. And the third one, uh, that's where they have um, Jermaine's the bad guy. Uh, Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who? But Elijah Wood. Bro, Elijah Wood is in this movie. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's a guy who looks like Elijah Wood. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's my bad. But his name's Michael uh, Stuhlbarg. Uh, probably only, I don't know from anything else, but... Um. Yeah, Josh Brolin's in it. That's the right one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Actually, watch back. You know that guy that's like he could see multiple like courses of how. Yeah, yeah, could yeah, go? yeah. Okay, now I know who you're talking about. He does look like Elijah Wood now that you see. Bro, that. I'm telling, okay. and and all the listeners too. Watch that movie and tell me that's not Elijah's little bro. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like him. Straight out the Shire <laughs> looking ass. <laughs> <laughs> But that's yeah, funny. dude, that's uh, I agree though. Men in Black, um, totally underrated. Um, you know the Close Encounters, of course. Have you seen uh, Close Encounters? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's that's always a classic. I feel like Spielberg. That's, yeah, and it's you know it's I feel like it's an overrated one that deserves to be so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not as good yeah. as Signs though. Signs is pretty solid. Signs is good for like the creepy feel. Maybe the most realistic. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> also, might be yeah, the the reality. No, uh, there's some good ones. I mean, even like the newer, like it's just you don't get. I guess you do. I don't know. I was thinking like you don't get a lot of funnier ones. Like Men in Black was so funny, at, at least in the '90s. Like you know, a, a real different take. But like, I mean, Paul with Seth yeah. Rogen, that one's fucking hilarious. So. What about Coneheads? Can we throw that in there? Yeah, Coneheads can work. I mean, if you want to get real weird, uh, Mork and Mindy. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. Fucking Robin Williams, man. Rest uh, in peace. I love that dude. Yeah, for real. But yeah, it is like it was light. It started out as a, like a lighthearted genre, aliens and stuff, and then it got like really dark and like mm-hmm. really like sci-fi, like Alien and Close Encounters and and shit a lot of like weird fucking killer clowns from outer space and all these like weird <laughs> alien movies that's and then true in the 90s it kind of got a little bit more lighthearted with men in black and then now i feel like there's tons of different types of alien movies yeah or you know and i like how they said on paul too that like there's a reason why there's tons of alien merchandise and stuff is because they're trying to desensitize you mm. for when you find out the truth that uh, which might be conspiratorial but uh might be a good point too mm-hmm. yeah yeah well um let's take a break real quick and we'll jump back into some more costume talk and and i'll read a little bit from this book and then we can kind of wrap up on our on our conclusions and stuff so let's take a real quick break and we'll be right back right after these tunes Word. Welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again on our second part of this episode. Um, so where do you want to jump back in? You want to talk about some more costume stuff? or <coughs> I kind of want to get into some more costume stuff while we're kind of heading that way anyway, just because 
I know you had some good points we talked about that I'd like you to bring up and maybe we could discuss a little bit about it. Okay. Yeah, what are you thinking? Um, just like how, like, you were talking about, you know, like, the veins and stuff and even, like, how mm. you can kind of see, like, muscles protruding. Um, that I think that's a fascinating point. And I also think that, um, I mean, it's like you brought up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, you can see the the state of animatronics in 1989 or 90 whenever they were making that. Yeah. And it's good. I mean, it's still the best out there. I, I would put that up. I mean, that movie still holds up. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that the way they did it is so good, but you could still see flaws. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. could still see where maybe the mouth doesn't line up or there's actually a scene where you see a mouth inside of a mouth because it's someone's with a you know, mm-hmm. a thing yeah. on and they're laughing or Donatello's laughing and you see the, the operator's mouth. And I mean, that's the state of the art. I mean, Jim Henson is, is a, a stoke cold play a pimp when mm-hmm. it comes to puppets and shit. He's not playing. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, even that looking at that, it's like, you know, the Gimlin photo, fo- the Gimlin footage is like, on par with that at least you know i mean because even the the veins on the turtles and everything were all painted on yeah they might yeah. be actually you could feel them or whatever they might be bumpy or whatever but i mean we're just talking about something that took them months and months almost a year to make that you know the mm-hmm. costumes and to to even engineer the technology i mean i'm sure they would have loved to have gimlin on board if you know if he's making these suits yeah like like you said, like even as good of quality as the Ninja Turtles were, you could still tell that it was a foam mm-hmm. costume with animatronic, you know, eyebrows and lips and, and stuff to an extent. Like they didn't have a whole lot of range in their facial expressions, but they were able to move them way more at that time than anything else. So right. that was what was kind of. And like you said, yeah, like I completely agree. It totally holds up, uh, for what for what they put out at that time. Like that was that was really awesome to see. But I mean, if you look, like you look at the veins, you can see muscles underneath. And like one thing I think is really important is when Patty looks back and does that famous, you know, look back at the camera. You don't see any fabric or any like anything bunching up around the neck and if you have ever worn any type of costume you know that like even even the older movies where you can tell it's a you know monkey and a a guy in a monkey suit the neck bunches up the fabric bunch bunches up and at that time they didn't have anything in the 1960s that was like stretchy skin latexy spandexy type of of costume you know fabrics so like they they didn't have a way for that to not bunch up if it was made from hollywood and had their budget it still would have been a costume where you could tell it bunched up at that point mm-hmm. and yeah like the the muscles underneath the fur and the skin uh and the legs he the guy um bob Hieronymus, who says he was the guy in the suit you can tell he said he wore his his clothes underneath the suit when he wore it and he had like jeans on and and you know flannel and whatever you would have you, you couldn't see anything else except for muscle you would have been able to see like jeans bunching up and and fabric underneath and, you know like it wouldn't have been so skin tight mm-hmm. 
um, or if it was skin tight, it would have been skin tight on jeans, on, on clothing. And so that I think would have been pretty clear. You can clearly see muscles moving and flexing when she steps her foot down. And then when you see Patty's breasts, you only see them for like one or two frames. And to add that in, it, it's a really big point that a lot of people miss is because like the breasts are so natural and they move with such a fluidity, which also wasn't, he would have had to have like bags of water, latex rubber, you know, bags of water strapped to this thing, to this costume. And then you only see it in one or two frames for a split, you know, split second, a couple of frames. And then you don't see him again because her back's turned. So like, why add that feature if you barely see it for just a second? And then even then it could look off and fuck your whole hoax up. Why, why risk that? You know, like that's another technology that they didn't really have available to him at that time and still have a hard try, hard time recreating those types of things well and if you're gonna do it why not and and you're gonna put that much work into making sure the breasts look as natural as possible why wouldn't you highlight that and shoot her from the front Mm -hmm. yeah get a better angle of those images yeah or you know i mean but i mean and i just it's hard to believe that um a guy that just stepped into a suit with his jeans on and everything um you know kind of last minute e but still, you know, it, the technology was so advanced that, you know, he accounted for how the breasts moved. And didn't you say, um, or doesn't it show on the video, like kind of like her, like eyebrows moving a little bit? I'm not sure. So that's the, the thing. Like if maybe if we had the that original copy or the original film, you'd be able to see it a lot better if you were able to scan it in and, you know, zoom in with that with that equipment. I think you can see a little bit, a lot more detail and the stuff that we can see now, it's hard to really tell, but, um, Gimlin and Patterson both reported that like, so when it originally happened, Gimlin like, or, uh, Patterson was like jumping, you know, he fell off his horse. He had to grab his camera and then he was like running after it to catch up with it. And so there's like this, like really jumbled up, portion in the film where he's like running with the camera and it's you can't see shit and then finally he gets to like a log and he and he crouches down and stabilizes his camera and patty turns and looks back at him once and then keeps going through the and kind of disappears through the woods so while he's running and originally like his horse gets spooked and he falls off and he's while he's doing all of that gimlin was on his horse kind of following after it getting a little closer and he crossed the the little creek bed to get onto the same bank on the same side of the creek that patty was on and he kept his eye on her the whole time you know and and through that she patty looked back a number of three times and he said he saw her eyebrows moving um he said he saw a few different expressions on her face and that's really hard to like dispute because it's really it's just his eyewitness you know um it's his word only right kind of like yeah like that wasn't caught on film and so it's really just yeah it's his word but it it should account for something i mean you have to take it into account when you're looking at all of the 
evidence and you know everything but like he says that at first she was just kind of looked like not spooked not surprised but just kind of like okay i'm getting the fuck out of here and then there was one point where she when she looked back she looked i think it was when she noticed um he was on her side of the bank and he had just got off his horse and so she kind of looked back and had a he said it was like a confused look or possibly like a uh alert or like not worried not angry i can't remember the exact words that he used but basically it gave him a different facial expression because and he he, you know in his mind is because he hopped off of his horse and it was kind of like okay what the fuck is going on now you know like and it never really like looked like it was according to them uh patterson and gimlin it never really looked like it was like running away or like you know fearful in a, in a hurry yeah it didn't necessarily look fearful but it was covering ground really quickly and i mean what if you're something that big like you probably know like i'm the biggest fucking thing out here like even bears probably don't fuck with you you know like yeah that's true you know like if you're a fucking bigfoot like a bear may fuck with you but like also you can handle your own against a fucking bear probably so yeah unless it's on cocaine yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a movie. If yeah, you guys don't know, it should come out. Um, at the time of recording this, I think it comes out in a couple weeks, but uh, it'll be out by the time we we release this. Yeah, um, and you know, just to piggyback off what you were saying too, I mean, if he saw facial expressions, I mean, come on, dude, they couldn't like we just said with the turtles, like they could, they couldn't even nail that in the nineties. Yeah with a budget and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So it's like, you know, and at the same time, you know, I, we have no reason to not believe him. He's never been proven to, to been lying on this so far, you know? Well, and so why would, why would this just occur to me, but why would you claim that as part of your hoax? Like even if, okay, okay. Devil's advocate say this is a hoax. Yeah. Patterson and Gimlin are both in on it. Okay. So they have to make up this lie because they, you know, the part of the film that they're telling they saw but wasn't filmed, right? So they're having to make this part up. Like, oh, we also saw it look back two times before we caught the one time on film. And yeah. we also, during that time, saw facial expressions and it, it looked fearful or it looked angry or it looked confused or whatever they want to say it is. They have to claim that they saw these different facial expressions changing they knew what was capable in in movies at that time. Like, at that time, that was before the Ninja Turtles, before Harry and the Hendersons, before King Kong. I mean, at the time of filming, um, 2001 Space Odyssey and Planet of the Apes hadn't been out yet. They Mm -hmm. they come out the next year. So, like, they they know that, hey, if I'm going to make up this lie, like... Hollywood can't even fucking do this. So why would I make up this lie that I know has never been done before? If if that makes sense, like yeah, definitely. And why even like add um, unneeded details like yeah. that? Like why not just be either vague or something that you know? I mean, but like you said, you know, there's no way we'll ever be able to prove that because we weren't there. But mm-hmm. So I guess if you were going to lie, that'd be something you could lie about. But it's just, 
But they don't, don't know. know what's coming down the pike as far as technology. Like they didn't know that the film was going to be able to be analyzed the way it's analyzed. That's you true. know, and they didn't know how long it was going to take Hollywood to get to creating these these types of uh, costumes that are still you know still don't <laughs> hold up against the Patterson Kimlin film. I was going to say we still have it. Uh, yeah. So like now we just moved on to CGI, and so everything's like shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it's too real and sometimes you, I mean you can't make it like real like you can't make a real costume how you would want to make it look like so you have to do it in CGI. Right. I will say the guy who did um Stranger Things uh the Vecna costume is mm-hmm. is fucking next level, but I think it's easier to do and same thing with the Walking Dead, but it's easier to do things where it's like latex skin on top of your own skin so you can like make things look like they're flesh falling off bones or make them right. look like Vecna or make it look like even like the fat suits like that you know you can add all this like skin around the face and make your face look a lot fatter and stuff like in uh Norbit um they do Teddy Murphy or uh Austin clumps. Powers they yeah. do it uh, who the clumps you the know clumps, uh, Nutty yeah. Professor or whatever yeah um Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the clumps and Nutty Professor, yeah, perfect. Or in uh, Austin Powers, when they do it to uh, Mike Myers, he gets super fat for the Scottish guy. Um, that I mean, it looks a lot more real, but that's a lot. I think that's a lot easier to do as far as like just adding latex skins. That technology has come a long way. Mm-hmm. Again, they didn't have that in 1967, and it's a fucking helmet if it's a hoax you know like he had to create an entire costume like yeah. we mentioned before like he he may have one of these skills he may be a fucking primatologist you know or he yeah. may be a fucking tailor and be able to sew a suit together or whatever but he doesn't have it all put together and the complete understanding of primate and hominid locomotion and the complete understanding of how to make costumes and how to work with latex and how to create a new unique type of walk and how to all of these things uh, that I mean he didn't even put he didn't even think to put it on the right film speed films per or you know mm-hmm. frames per yeah. second on his camera I mean he yeah. was not prepared at all but would had to have been really prepared to pull it off like could it be possible by people yes could it'd be possible by these people probably not you know i don't know it seems like you would need a whole team to do it and even then a whole team at hollywood couldn't didn't create things like this yet so that's where i keep going back to is like it just didn't it it wasn't happening at the time with a much larger budget then how could it have happened on a much much lower budget i mean even like star wars like fucking yoda's a puppet yeah and clearly a puppet and like i mean star wars did a bunch of shit where like it was just like you know they had the smaller cities and the smaller ships and stuff and it made it look like they were a lot bigger you know and all that shit was really cool and and groundbreaking but like it's still i i I think about uh chewbacca a lot i've been thinking about chewbacca a lot because he was another one that was kind of like a bigfoot but also they just got it didn't um if you watch the old Star Wars again, like it looks like a guy in a giant 
suit. One hundred percent. Yeah, it doesn't look like like you can see the the sleeves of the arm are hanging off of him. It's just a guy in a long sleeve, you yeah. know, well, fur suit. And it's, it's like where the neck meets doesn't even like mm-hmm. technically make sense. You could tell it was a placed on. Yeah, you but know. there's no muscles. It's not skin tight. You don't see like. Like it, like it's not skin tight. You don't. You, it looks like a guy wearing sleeves, even though it looks really good, and you don't have to like focus on that, and it won't, you know, be the reality in the movie. It looks awesome, you know. I think, but like mm-hmm. even then, like it's just a guy in a, with sleeves on, you know, and you can tell that they're sleeves. If that makes sense. For sure, it's it's yeah. I've never looked at Chewbacca and and thought other than a man being in that suit. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but like and, you said, still done really great in a great fucking yeah. movie. And yeah, and it doesn't pull you away. The costume isn't like so bad. It doesn't pull you out of the movie. But like no. when you compare it to something like the Patterson Gimlin film, Patty looks like way way different than these types of things. And I guess Harry and Henderson's he had muscles, but you could tell again that those were kind of I don't know if they were plastic, but like. Or part foam. of the suit, maybe you know. Yeah, yeah, part of the suit, and but you can tell because they don't move. No, they might the just be way. like protruding or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're not they're not moving, and and I think the same with turtles and well, any everything you know. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I think the best side note. I think the best use of practical effects and CGI is when they're both together. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you. Yeah. Do everything you can to make it look real life and then add whatever computer, digital, CGI you need to. And, it you know, it looks less phony to me. But mm-hmm. anyway, because yeah. sometimes they'll just recreate a bear and you're like, dude, come on. I mean, this is a video game. You know, like the way yeah. like a bear looks or something or or even like um, remember that movie Prey, the Prey that just came out, like the Predator oh, yeah. type one. Yeah. Yeah, like they had like there's like a rabbit or something getting eaten by a snake and it like just looks so phony and bad. It was like why did you, why did we even do that? Like it didn't even necessarily need to be in the story, but um anyway, I'm, I'll jump off the soapbox, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I I I agree with that. It looks too different than than what the uh what's not cgi exactly that's the problem is maybe it's just not blended well enough or whatever Mm -hmm. like i make the comment like it looks too real because then you have like like it looks too perfectly colored and too perfectly shaded and and whatever and then you have like the actual actor next to it and they don't look as real or as sharp or as um defined as what the cgi ends up looking so it makes the cgi stand out a little bit more yeah exactly but i don't know if it makes it look too real i just mean like that's i guess a way of like describing yeah yeah too perfect yeah i was gonna read a passage from this book but i think i'm just gonna let it uh let it go there's there's a lot in there that kind of we've summed up a lot of it and and talked about a lot of the points that i wanted to make that i got from the book like when we were there's some good parts in the book about um the breasts and the fluidity of them and then how they came up with them. And then also um, 
the costume. There's a lot of comparisons. He does. He takes a lot of pictures from different movies and then compares them to like, this is what they were doing in '67. This is what they're doing in '76. Oh wow! This is what they're doing in, in, you know, 1990 or whatever. And and he does a lot of good comparisons. He shows that 1941 uh, monster and the girl image uh, next to the King Kong and kind of shows how different they are he shows there's one really cool images a set of images he shows king kong from the 60s or maybe it was even like 50s or 40s and then he shows the the, 30s too yeah 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 and then he shows the king kong from the uh 70s and they look so much different but like they're also specifically made to look like gorillas so right to come up with something again that's that's completely unique is is takes a lot of creativity and a lot of balls a lot of moxie to try and like fool people on like this completely made up creature if it's a hoax so yeah like yeah he's got he's got balls of steel to do this man if it's all made up and i mean just all the preparation that would go into it it's just hard for me to believe that that it's a hoax. It, it's not hard for me to believe that this kind of guy would hoax mm-hmm. um, because of his history and kind of like the, you know, the kind of wanderer nomad life he lived and, you know, schemer kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just I, I we would be giving him too much credit to think that he came up with the, it, you know, to uh, it should have happened to someone else. Someone else should have got the footage probably. But. Yeah. Well, he says that a lot. He, uh, Patterson used to say like, this couldn't have happened to anybody worse. Like, it sucks that it was me type of thing that got caught the footage because nobody's going to fucking believe me. Like, that's what he's, he's said stuff like that before. Like, the only thing he regrets is his like reputation at the time because he didn't have the best, most reliable type person reputation. But yeah. Uh, I mean, it is what it is, and maybe that just lends it lends credence to it being a hoax, and then it also lends credence to it being real because, like, the reality isn't always it, like if it was perfect, people would be like, "Oh, it's too perfect to happen to the perfect guy," and then if, if because it's not, people attack his character and act like, "Oh, it's a hoax because he didn't pay people back on time and was just kind of a you know wanderer or whatever you want to say." He, you could go, you could find the negative on both sides is I guess what I'm trying to say, but with everything too. And if he Mm -hmm. was better at what he did or tried to do, then it wouldn't be as debated as it was because if he did hoax this, but decided to get closer or better footage, we would have definitely been able to see after all this time, Mm -hmm. some details that. You know, so that's another thing. He was just so he just, you know, got lucky and was smart enough to run towards this thing, but not be too close and know what too close was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a lot of things um, that just don't add up as far as it being a hoax. I mean, I mean, even if he came out and said it was a hoax, I don't think I'd believe him, you know? Yeah. So. That's how I stand, and you know, as as the the viewers know, um, or the listeners know, it's like you know, no one's gonna have an answer to this. There's no groundbreaking evidence we can bring forward, um, but 
you know, at least in my opinion, I would say that it seems legitimate and it's just, um, you know, a shame that it didn't have better circumstances, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I go back and forth so much on Bigfoot. Like kind of you were talking about earlier, like I want to believe, man. I want it to be true. I want it to be a I want science to take it seriously. You know, I want it to be really, um, what's the right way to put it? I, I want it to be taken seriously. I want science to, you know, fund something that can prove it one way or the other. And I don't know if we can disprove it really. <laughs> like it's kind of hard to disprove it. How long do you look and not find anything to, to, finally say you know okay it doesn't exist or whatever but right and what do you compare it to really to you know huh what do you compare it to to really like even study it too i mean well i mean there's so many things that that the believers or whatever will pull up and it'll be like you know we didn't know about the gorilla outside of local areas until the 1800s until somebody went over there and proved it we didn't know about the panda until like early 1900s like somebody like only people in the area knew about pandas and we didn't believe it you know if somebody tells you describes a fucking giraffe and you'd never seen or heard of one before you're gonna be like wait a second a horse with fucking two horns on its head and its neck is longer than its whole body like what are you talking about like this just sounds crazy (laughs) but then it's a real fucking thing and then you pull up things like the coelacanth they thought that this fucking fish, prehistoric fish, had been extinct for 90 million years or whatever, and then they find one in, like, you know, off the shore of, uh, off the coast of Africa, off the west coast of Africa, I think it was. Um, they find it in, like, 2002 or something. I don't remember the dates, but they find this prehistoric fucking fish that they thought was extinct forever, and, you know. <laughs> and then now it's there. Yeah, now it's not extinct and <laughs> it's a real fucking thing and <laughs> we have fossils freaking... of this thing but it's still around like there's probably more where this motherfucker came from yeah. you know, so I mean there's a lot of cryptids and you say cryptids but I mean like animals that have thought that they were extinct and then they go and find them but it's stupid shit it's shit we already have like <laughs> it's like this fucking one type of turtle or this one type of fucking frog that we thought was extinct but then we go and we find their existing population somewhere um the thylacine or the uh, tasmanian tiger the yeah. like dog mm-hmm. um thing they think that those are still possibly in some areas in i think they think you're they're in new zealand um or no in tasmania some areas in tasmania uh but they just haven't been able to like find them. And I mean, we just got footage of, um, the snow leopard, like a couple of years ago. I mean, we knew those things are real and we have them in captivity, but like we haven't ever gotten footage of them in the wild, in their natural habitat until oh, just yeah. like a couple of years ago. So like there's tons of animals that we don't even have on footage yet, but we know are out there or we think they're still out there, you know, whatever. But that's a really good point, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, nothing exists until you see it, right? Yeah. It, essentially, yeah. I mean, at least in a lot in a lot of people's minds, you know, 
Um, so, yeah, that's a good point. It's just a bummer because it's like, dude, you would think there would be more or someone had run into or like some one of these. Um, uh, what are they like those deer stand cams or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Like you would have think one trail of cams. them would trail cam. Yep. You would have think one of them would put it up. I mean, everybody films everything now. Like, yeah. I mean, parts of, you know, people going on walks on trails that, you know, anyway, it's just, you know, everything's filmed. So you would think that there would be something, or maybe there would be some kind of, um, grave site or something, you know, that we found more bones or something. I mean, I don't know. I thought a lot like about, cause there's a couple quotes. I've been doing research on this Patterson Gimlin film for a while and a month or so, almost two months now and really diving deep. And there's a lot of like podcasters or like interviews with people. And they're basically like, where's the footage? You know, everybody's got cameras these days and where's, can we get a picture? We've had cameras for a hundred years or whatever. Where's the picture of Bigfoot or where's the video of Bigfoot? And it's like, man, like we got one. We got a good one. The Patterson Gimlin film, the rest Mm -hmm. of them, the stuff nowadays, it's filmed digitally and it's a lot easier to fuck with. So they're a lot easier. They're a lot harder to believe Mm -hmm. these things. And a lot of like blob squatches. And I understand the notion like our cameras are so good. Why can't we get a clear fucking shot of a Bigfoot? You can get a clear fucking shot of a, of a mountain lion or a fucking bear on your trail cam. Like, why is it when your trail cam has a Bigfoot on it? You can't fucking tell what it is. Like Mm -hmm. I can tell what a fucking, I've seen tons of trail cam footage on YouTube and stuff. And you could tell it's a fucking mountain lion or a or a deer or whatever <laughs> an elk or moose or you know you know insert your animal here you can tell a boar or whatever but then when a fucking bigfoot comes along you it just gets blurry and you can't tell what it is like what the hell like <laughs> yeah what the fuck is up with that yeah that's a that's obvious fake stuff but you know yeah. film don't lie you know and yeah if so, there's no discrepancy in that film it's like okay kind of hard to disprove it you know mm hmm so, I mean, when you really step back and, and think about it like that, like, I totally understand that notion that if they're out there, why the fuck haven't we gotten a real good image of it? But I also go back to, like, well, I think we do have one, <laughs> one yeah. good image, and it's the Patterson-Gimlin film, and yeah. it's held up the this whole time, this whole, like, 50, 60 years, 70 years. yeah. And even if you had two videos, it would still be bolt scrutinized. I mean, like, yeah. how many how many videos will prove it? None. No one's... Yeah, there's just that's people, the problem. Yeah, they're going to have to see, you know, uh, Harry come to the door and, you know, sit there or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to well, have yeah. to see it. And even then, probably won't believe it. I talk about this with Nova all the time, but, like, science needs a body before it'll take it seriously and believe it. And that sucks because I don't want to have to kill... A Bigfoot, and then I realized, wait a second, like, is 2022, 23, why can't we fucking make some kind of tranquilizer? We make, we used to make elephant guns and shit, like, why can't we make a fucking elephant tranquilizer and go out and trank a Bigfoot, knock him out with some ketamine, and bring his ass in, and, and what sucks is they're gonna fucking, they're just gonna wanna, like, 
dissect yeah. his ass. But like, we don't have to do that. We don't have to go that far. We can just bring it in, do whatever tests you want, put a fucking collar on it so you can track it or whatever. We don't even we have to do that. Like, you could put a chip in your fucking dog and know where your dog is if your dog runs away. Yeah. Like we can put some fucking chips in in a Bigfoot and track him all you want, but like. We should but, be able to like tranquilize one and bring it in, and then and then release it again. Like not keep it in captivity. But where it like, gets messy with that though, dude, is like if this is like you know you kind of have to take into account too. What if this Bigfoot is kind of human-like or at least intelligent being? Mm-hmm. You know, like then then there's a more like I guess there's a moral issue anyway. But for me, there's a difference than putting a, a chip in a dog and a human. Um, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like, well, yeah, that's our hub- hubris of thinking that we're higher than, than everything else. Sure. And whether we are or not, it, you know, obviously we've hit a stage of evolution that most animals haven't, but I'm not here saying that, you know, humans are more important. I don't want anyone getting mad at me, but I, what I am saying is, um, you know, if it is human like, or at least has intelligent thinking you know like more so than a dolphin which is supposedly the smartest animal you know then then it would be a matter of is there a way of communicating because if we just take force you know Mm. and take it that way that would Mm -hmm. be that that's a whole different thing and like like you said humanely but if it's human-like then we have to start thinking if there's rights involved yeah that's a great point dude i think i think you're onto something there there's two implications that you can pull away is like, okay, if they are real and we do go figure out, I think there's two things at play. One is the implication of like, there's certain people who don't want him found. Like the whole fucking logging industry does not want a giant primate discovered because their habitat would range only in logging area, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they would have to fucking change everything. They already have to report anytime they see certain types of owls, and they can't cut trees down that have certain types of nests in them because those are endangered species or whatever. And if they were were to come out and be like, "Oh, well, we have a Bigfoot, we need to protect and protect his habitat and his whole area, and you can't log here anymore." So there's that like money making conspiracy on one side of it and then the implications of like is it more man is it more ape where does that leave us us on the evolutionary scale if it's intelligent what the fuck does that mean about god you know yeah. like what does that mean about like <laughs> like w- did jesus save his sins is this a uh you know, like it just opens up these things where, like, people have for a long time been like, we are the dominant species on the planet <laughs> and we're the most important and right. God cares about us and not, you know, we have souls and dogs don't or cats don't or whatever, you know, whatever. Well, and you know, humans too, especially Americans, will be like, okay, can we make it a slave? yeah yeah how can we make it work for us and is that yeah like you said a minute ago like does it have rights does it have like i think a lot of animals have some rights to the extent of like you can't exploit them in certain ways you can't do certain things um abuse them really even yeah you can't abuse them uh, which I mean, I'm not arguing for the against these rights. I'm just these are good rights. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. 
but uh <clears throat> if if you find something that's intelligent intelligent enough to stay away from us on purpose or you know to avoid us like a lot of people think it does or intelligent enough to bury its dead or um if it's some you know how somehow creates art i mean they're, they're finding out like our definitions of what makes us human always changes because they're like oh we, it's we're human because we have language well lots of animals have certain types of language and where ways that they communicate like dolphins and and you know chimpanzees have ways to communicate with each other and and elephants have uh ultrasonic or supersonic you know ways that they communicate and like elephants have like trunk language like trunk speak or something i can't remember what it's called but they oh, like sp have all these gestures they make with their trunks and so it's like a form of sign, sign language and then so it's like okay well um humans make art and make music so uh that's what sets us apart from the animals and then you find out like okay well whales have like all different kinds of songs like they compose songs birds make different types of songs and will change them throughout their lives and we it's don't like, know it's like we finally one day get to a realization that the animals have it all fit. they're like finally that you guys are fucking catching up dude you can't, we're <laughs> stupid you fucking you humans love putting a motherfucker behind bars and on your wall okay um, we're tired of it um, luckily you could fucking understand what we're saying to you now yeah. I've been trying to tell you with my trunk for 200,000 yeah. years bud I mean like our definition of what sets us apart from animals, we're always trying to like compare ourselves and, and separate ourselves from like, and then we keep finding out like, Oh, well there's an animal that can do this. And there's an animal can they also do this. And you know, <laughs> and do it better than humans. Think about tons, like canine units and stuff. Yeah. You know? Like tons of animals use tools and stuff. And that used to be something that we'd be like, Oh, we set ourselves apart because we make tools and we make, we can th think in three dimensions and well, okay. So can crows, <laughs> you know, so can, <laughs> so can fucking birds like, Oh, that's deep. I chimps use rocks to smash open, uh, fucking, uh, clams and shit on the beach or not even chimps, like fucking macaques, like regular old monkeys, like not mm. even primates use tools. Chimps use like sticks to get honey out of different things and ants to get out, you know? And it's like, we're constantly redefining what makes a human. And so then if you have this creature that we don't, that's, you know, mainstream science, lamestream science doesn't acknowledge, but it's so much more intelligent. It can create fires. Maybe it can create, or at least a, w a way to have a shelter, like a warm cave or whatever, a nest or whatever. Mm -hmm. It can bury its dead. It has art. It has, like elephants mourn their dead. Um, a lot of animals we've we've been finding out mourn their dead, and wow. So like, there's not a whole lot that separates us except for like, I guess I think where they land now is like we have the ability to plan and think in three dimensional ways in our heads without like it's all about our thought and our consciousness like. We have yeah. ways to plan things, but like tons of animals plan things. It may just be more out of instinct. They don't have, I guess, the same thought 
patterns and process that we may necessarily have, but like they will plan things out, you know, or whatever. Well, I mean, like how like lions hunt. I mean, there's like they'll like set up a decoy on one side as another one sneaks up from behind. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that's instinctual now, but there had to have been a point where a cat was like, "All right, I got, I got a fucking plan." You know, and, yeah. Like, notices something works, and then is like, "Okay, I'm gonna do this again, this way." Or so yeah. much so that your genes adapt to it, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe that's not true, but that's how I see it in my head. Like evolution, like instinct is like, you know, it's like um, you know, maybe at one point uh, zebras were just white or black. But then one of them came out, came out white and black, and then they all loved it. And so that gene carried on yeah. because of taste, you know, or, yeah. and that's why we have dog. And that's the thing too, is if like, if it's the ability to plan, I don't know, maybe consciousness is the best way to do that is to separate it. But I mean, there's dogs that are smarter than certain breeds of dogs. I mean, there's d- certain breeds of dogs that are smarter than certain humans. I know. <laughs> I know, dude. Like, especially like you think about them canines, bro. Like, they are not those uh, German shepherds. They are not playing, bro. They will smell. Man, I so I work at a dispensary for you know. I, we can cut this out if we want to, but um, no, man. <laughs> like in 2023, we're fucking leaving it all in. Right, right. You know, so, you know, I'm sure no one will be offended, but I work at a dispensary and here comes this guy and he has an emotional support dog. And, um, it's a, it's a German shepherd, like the biggest, like straight German shepherd, you know, the, <laughs> the ones you see on the world war two documentaries with the, the SS and all them, mm. and on just any cop, you know, anybody who's ever, you know, the irony of the matter is that he's at a dispensary, a canine, you know, canine unit, German yeah. shepherd. And it's like, dude, you know, 10 years ago, you'd be attacking a, a motherfucker for this shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it was funny. He was a sweetheart. Don't get me wrong, but, um, it was just weird. It was just weird to see how the world's changing, man. And a weird and paradigm same, shift. For sure. And like you see certain things like legal, you know, marijuana, but then you also think about on a federal level, we're still not there. So it's like, I don't know. It's, we, we're just so advanced in some ways, but then in some ways, we're, it seems like we're taking back yeah. steps in life and culture and society and especially social issues, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've weird. come a long way. I mean, you certainly wouldn't want to live in the fucking. 40s or 50s or even the 70s and 80s were still pretty pretty backwards we've come a long way but like there's still a ways to go quite a ways to go and i work with people who weren't alive when there wasn't cell phones think about that Mm -hmm. yeah my son man he makes (laughs) dude the other day he was telling me uh uh he, he he broke his phone so he didn't have a phone for like a couple weeks and uh he was like I was picking him up from somewhere and he didn't he had didn't have a way to get a hold of me so he had to call his grandma and then she called me so I went and picked him up and he was like man I need a new phone um or I need to write down everybody's phone number and I was like man I was like when I was growing up I had to memorize everybody's phone number like we didn't have contacts in your phone to save like no. I was like I remember I memorized all of my friends phone numbers my my own house number yep like my dad's work number I didn't have a written down anywhere like I just knew all of them he was like I've never been able yeah zip code yeah area codes and zip codes stuff 
And he was like, I never would have been able to remember all those numbers. And I was like, yes, you would have. I was like, if you, if you had to, if there was no other way, you would have. Just like all of us did yeah. back then. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and what I love telling him too is like, you know, I, I'm so old that I remembered that when you called him, when you called a motherfucker and they didn't answer, you had no idea where they were. Yeah. And they yeah. would call you maybe. They would maybe call you. Who there was knows, no dude? texting, no messaging that no. they could get later. People stopped using answering machines, so and it was their parents' houses, so you didn't want to like leave a message, voice message with their parents' answering machine. Yeah, yeah. so many <laughs> times I called someone's were. house, being like, "Is Brandon there?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then if they answer, if they don't answer, you have to be like, "Oh, well, he could just be outside." doing something could be at the store with his parents i don't know when i'm supposed to call back he could fucking be at a different friend's house for us tonight and i can't go (laughs) hang out with him or he could just be in the bathroom taking a shit and nobody at his goddamn house wants to answer the phone like some of those friends (laughs) they just don't answer doors or phones and you're like man fucking over here like knocking on your door you told me to come over and they're just like the lazy dude who doesn't give a fuck and (laughs) doesn't answer the phone or the door (laughs) Yeah, and you know, you could yeah, you could leave a message or whatever, but you know, all those thoughts are going in your head and then you know, next thing you know, you've called him 20 times. Yeah. And, and you ride your bike by his house that. and you're like, "Well, his mom's car's there, so I know he didn't go anywhere." Yeah, bro, you have to be a detective to figure <laughs> yeah. out what these little hombres were, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah. My, my homies, I'm like, you know, where are you guys? And then yeah, and it's even harder to hide, too, because, you know, someone knock on the door, you don't want to just not answer it. You yeah. know, you, the only way you're going to figure out who the hell's there, too, is by answering. There's no door yeah. cam. Yeah, yeah, All there's door no door cams cam. and shit. Like, the, you know, there's none of that. You know, no, no, you know, I mean, I used to do deliveries for Amazon Flex, you know, before I got this gig. And, like, I would have to call people when I was out in front of their gate at their house so they could buzz me in from their work. Like, it's, oh, shit. Yeah, that oh, was man. never a thing. So annoying, dude. And, didn't, and yeah, it's annoying. Didn't used to have fucking delivery for everything. Subscriptions nope. for everything. Like, nope. Used to have to have the fucking movie. That's what people don't understand what it was like when you went, you had to, you would let someone borrow a movie and, and there was a good chance you were never getting that motherfucker <laughs> back, dude. You were getting that shit back, man. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Which I'm guilty of too. Yeah, everyone nowadays no one I no one borrows anything anymore. Oh, you don't have true. to. You, you borrow your to. fucking password. Hey, let one me get time. on your Netflix account. Let me get on your fucking Hulu <laughs> account. <laughs> These motherfuckers, yeah, and then yeah, it's just, it's sad, dude. But I'm just as guilty of it, man, you know? You know it's stupid? All these fucking new kids. Sorry, I know we have some younger listeners. But uh, all these fucking younger kids, I mean, these Gen Xers and, and Gen Alphas and stuff. Dude, my wife was at work the other day, and somebody was like, uh, I guess they have a new app that's, like, really hard to navigate, and it's just stupid. But um, they were like, oh, well, it's because you were born in the 1900s. I was like, what? What the fuck? Don't drop that. I'm not that old. Like, I was like, we, just because we were born before there was something called an app doesn't mean because you grew up with it are more capable of figuring things out. Like, I grew up when computers were becoming a thing. And, like, I, okay, now I will say I was the kid in typing class who was like, this shit's never going to catch on. (laughs) 
I literally remember saying that when I was like in typing class in fourth grade. I was like, this is bullshit, man. This is never going to catch on. People are always going to write. <laughs> People are always going to rack it. Tell you the last time I picked up a pin, bro. Dude, well, uh, I write all the time, but. It's for this podcast. I have to like write notes and stuff. But I know yeah. a lot of people do that on the computer and they type their shit out. But yeah, like I said, man, I was like, this is never gonna catch on. So I fucking <laughs> stuck with the pen and paper. <laughs> it's fucking typing. No. Never gonna catch on, bro. This whole internet. And that's the other thing too. People will never. These kids will never understand what it's like to be on the phone with a girl. God forbid you're on the phone with someone you really like, and then all of a sudden you hear. Get off the phone. I'm getting on the internet. Yeah. yeah and then dial up, dude. You broadband. just. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, fuck, dude. So Ashley, I'm going to have to see you tomorrow at school. I'm going to have to see you tomorrow at school and hopefully we can talk. Like, there's no yeah. calling you back. There's no. No calling back. Yeah. No sexting tonight. No, none talk of that. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no video calls. No nothing. No sending pictures. No fucking sending messages that delete five seconds later. Motherfucker, we played games that didn't save. Dude. Think about that, dude. dude. My son was like, oh, my God, the other day, his funny ass. He was like, he said something about, uh, I don't don't know about video games. I was like, I almost slammed on the brakes in the car. I was like, boy, I was like, what do you mean I don't know about video games? I was like, I grew (laughs) up with, like, all of yeah. the games that they're remaking now that you're playing, I grew up with that shit, the original right. shit. Like <laughs> Tony I'll, Hawk Pro Skater, oh fucking God. Mario, fucking Halo. Like yeah. I grew up before you could play online with your friends. You had to fucking get landlines and hook your shit up with ether cables. <laughs> yeah. Everybody but there was no come over to my talking. house. Huh? Yeah, there was no talking. Yeah, y'all have to come over and yeah. bring your controller. Yeah, no, bring your fucking TV and your Xbox. Your Xbox, yeah. <laughs> so and find and buy an Ether cable so we can hook all this shit up together in different rooms, and Fuck then you have up. like fifteen people playing Halo parties throughout a house because everybody brought their own TV and Xbox. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my. That was the best times, dude. That's what they won't get, dude. They'll never be able to get that camaraderie of like, you know, everybody in a sleeping bag in the same room at night watching the same movie, but been playing game. The dad, you just listen for the dad coming down the the hall or the mom and you're like, shh, be quiet, be quiet, quiet. But then as soon as they leave, you're fucking loud as hell. Mm -hmm. Man, Mm -hmm. dude. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Do kids do that anymore? No, dude. They they play online. They my my son. Hey, he. I mean, he goes out. He's he's active. He goes out and, and hangs out with his friends and does stuff outside of the house. But, like, a lot of times it's, like, if I'm going to ground him from his friends, which I don't. He's a good kid. But, like, if I'm going to ground him from his friends, I have to ground him from his goddamn Xbox because yeah. he hangs out with his friends on his Xbox. Like, he can't play <laughs> Fortnite with all your friends if you're yeah. grounded from your friends, you know? like Carrying on when like I used business to get, as usual, you know? Yeah, like when I used to get grounded, it would be like for specific things. Like you're grounded from friends. Sweet, I can play Mario all night. Yeah, you're grounded exactly. from friends and or you're grounded from video games. Shit. Okay, I'm just gonna have to watch yeah. fucking Family Guy, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh well you're grounded from T V too. Like whatever. Like you have to get grounded from specific things. Now all those things are one thing and <laughs> <laughs> like It's all encompassing. Yeah, like I can't if I ground him from his friends, he'll be like, Well, you didn't ground me from video games and i'm like you're playing with your friends like yeah what are you talking about when i grew up 
I had to have my friends in the same room to play video games with my friends. No shit, dude. And we had to take turns. You don't know nothing about taking turns, <laughs> yeah, yeah. bro. <laughs> no, because now they don't even make two-player games. They're all one-player, so you can play online. Like I know. It's crazy, dude. You even try to. This is what's fucking weird. You try to play two-player games, right? I try. I can't play games with my son unless they're sports games because, like, you have to – create your own account and then you have to load your account into their xbox because so, like I, I think okay maybe i'm wrong you can have like one guest or something but like on yeah. some games it's it's not you have to have your own you know call of duty uh your xbox live account membership or whatever or your playstation network membership on their on their playstation or on their xbox to this is way off topic on uh Bigfoot. We got we got off topic somewhere, but uh they're going to love it. Still, it's it's just it's not how it used to be, kids. You used yeah. to have to be in the same room as your friend to hang out with your friend. <laughs> you used to you people don't know what it's like too. Like you used to have to take you have to you used to have to take chances in life. Like <laughs> you you would have to like you would get you would get a shirt or something and like you didn't know how it was going to go over the next day. Like the, I remember taking off shirts or putting off taking off jackets because I thought I was gonna walk in and get clowned. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And but nowadays everybody's wearing the same thing. Everyone's got the same style and you've got it from, you know, online and, and everyone shops from that same store. So there's no risk involved. Or you're a kid and I hear they don't even get to wear what they want to wear anymore. I hear yeah. it's like uniforms universal or whatever. I think that's a, a thing in a lot of places. I don't know because I, it never bothered me because I grew up wearing uniforms because a lot of times I'd end up, I mean, not my whole school career, but, like, I went to a bunch of different Christian schools where we had to wear uniforms. And me too. Mm-hmm. So that was never really, like, I, I had to do that. It was never really a big deal to me. I mean, it would, it sucked, but, like, my son's wearing uniforms now at the public schools, and he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't love it, but it's kind of the same thing. He doesn't give a fuck, but, like, it was a big deal to me, man. Like the reason I went to public school, because I like you, I went to. Uh, I actually just went to Catholic school, but mm-hmm. um, all through elementary, um, junior high, and then high school, I went to. I went to. I wanted to go to public school specifically so I could wear what I wanted to, mm-hmm. and that shit wore off quick. Like especially when I, like my first month there, I got punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I got in a fight we could call it I mean I really didn't have much time to react but uh, anyway uh, he broke his hand on my face so I really kind of got the last laugh uh, <laughs> it was kind of a bummer coming back from suspension on my birthday with a yellow eye not a black but a yellow eye this guy couldn't do me the courtesy of making me look like fucking Rocky or something I gotta look like I got an eye infection <laughs> never let that never let him live I think that guy passed away um yeah, I that's I don't know why I said that. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I just <laughs> <laughs> random thought. I think that guy's uh, passed. A, rest in peace, Mister. Um, you know we're not gonna say his name. Just rest in peace, buddy. Uh, hopefully you're not dead, and if you are, uh, hopefully uh, you don't beat me up in the afterlife. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a tangent we're on here, but I think they're gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, back to Bigfoot, I guess. Uh, it's um, what do you think? You believe? You believe? Are you a believer? Want to believe? 
want to believe. I want to believe more than I do. Not convinced, but I'm not necessarily convinced on anything in life. Mm. I'm not even fully convinced I can trust my own mother. Just kidding. What, <laughs> what do you think about... Uh, so, okay, specifically the Patterson-Gimlin film. Because that's... I'm right there with you. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to believe one way or the other. I see... I see um, strength in both argument. Yeah. Um, I think it's not doctored with. I don't think the film has um, been tampered with or anything. Um, I think it's legitimate video. And because of all the things we said tonight, like the, the, the proportion and like how the suit looked or supposed suit looked or I don't know. I just think it's hard to uh, discredit that because, you know, if that technology was available, it would have been it would have been used in movies at least, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's um, I think it's legitimate. I think uh, I, I want to think that that's real what he caught. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the means of catching the footage was legitimate, um, but it's hard for me. Just I don't know. I want to believe, but I don't want to die on that hill either. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you step back on everything and really take a good look at it, it's really hard to believe that Patterson and if Gimlin was in on the hoax, if it's a hoax, that they had the skills to pull this off. All of the skills. Like maybe they were good outdoorsmen. Maybe he was a good cameraman. Maybe he was a good one of these, maybe even two of these types of skills that he would have needed. But right. all of them put together, it seems like he would have needed a team of people to pull this off and a, a pretty unlimited budget to have access to a lot of these things that, again, Hollywood still hasn't been able to recreate. So yeah, I think that <sighs> you can't rule out a hoax. That's what all the scientists end up coming back to. You can't rule out a hoax, but if it was a hoax, it's the best hoax ever done type mm-hmm. of thing is what gets said a lot. And I just think that it's... I mean, you know, you've listened to my my show. You've been on a couple episodes. I tend to be on the skeptical side when I land on my conclusions. I tend to be like, well, it's probably a hoax. But, dude, and before I looked into it, I was like this. I remembered about the guy coming out and saying he was in the suit or the guy coming out and saying he made the suit, you know. And when you really dive into it, it's like, holy fucking shit. There's so much more to this, and it is probably it's you can't say definitively without looking at the original film itself and being able to really scrutinize that since we don't have that and we'll don't know if we'll ever get it in good condition. You look at copies, and everything that we've seen has just been digitized, blown up, you mm-hmm. lose so much it's so hard to say for sure. Um, without, you know, I know we're trying to wrap up here, but I do want to say one thing. Um, why do you think, what's the motive for this guy to come out and say that he was in the suit? Like just to blow everyone's bubble? Like, well, when he, when he came out, so I think he came out in around 2005. I don't know. We talked about it on the last episode on, on episode two. We really went into it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it was around 2005 he came out. Uh, maybe even like 1995 
I think no, I think it was like 2000, 2002, 2003, 2005, some somewhere around then. Anyways, he comes out and he's being interviewed for a book, um, one of the books that we mentioned that that I've kind of looked into a little bit. But uh, he was being he was doing this interview and comes out and says that he was the guy in the suit. And then in two thousand five, maybe it was he does a. Uh, like a history channel documentary interview type thing stupid but uh basically he says that patterson never paid him he owed him like a thousand bucks to do the acting to be the guy in the costume and he never paid him and he said he would have kept his mouth shut if he would have gotten paid the thing that i struggle with is like patterson died in 72 so why did you wait so long and then mm. come out and say you were the guy in the suit. Like you weren't, you weren't getting paid either way. Like Patterson died, so why not come out in 1973 or even you know a few years later? Okay, let it settle. You know, don't disrespect the guy, I guess. But like, what's the point of keeping that secret for another 20 years? And then once you've done that, like, who cares at that point? Why would you, why would you come out then and be like, yeah, I was the guy in the suit. Doesn't matter anymore. Cause I'm not getting paid. Like you knew you weren't getting paid when you found out he died. Right. And you know, like who's paying you a thousand dollars to do this. Like yeah. I, that's just, that's a lot of money to pay somebody for back then. It was yeah. around, um, I think it was around 3000. I don't know. I mentioned it in the last episode, what the translation of money was, but I think it was around 3000 bucks. Like, and like, what's your credentials? No, like Why seven. would he pay 7,000? Why would like someone 7, do that back then? Yeah, why would he pay you to do that, man, when it's like he's trying to make money and, like, come mm-hmm. up on this? I get it. You could say he was investing, but, dude. But even then, why wouldn't he have just bought the camera instead of rent it? The camera was 400 bucks to yeah. rent, and it was, like, maybe $100 more to buy at the time. I think it. I think that adds up to, at that point in time, it was, like, three grand to, you know, in, in, in 1967 money. Um, but it was like 400 bucks and then it was like 465 or something, 365 and then 415 or something to buy it. Why wouldn't you just bought it if you got all this money to pay somebody a thousand dollars? Yeah, no, I'll get in it for 40 bucks, dude. Like, mm-hmm. like if you would need someone to walk in a suit and do that, I would imagine you would ask your cousin Otis or something to, <laughs> to do that. You know, like, why would you... Uh, you're not why would you even and how could you hire an actor or someone who like moves like, i don't know i'm not buying it um i just don't get why i guess maybe attention yeah. attention the uh, fame or well, whatever and i think both stories can be true i think he was trying to do a documentary and you do a lot of reenactments in documentaries and so he probably tried he probably hired um bob Hieronymus to do some acting in the suit to, to make this recreate or reenactment, but he, I don't think he was planning on passing it off, which if he did hire Hieronymus to, to be the guy in a suit, he probably ordered a suit from this guy, Philip Morris. Like all of that could be true. Now it's also true that he could have been out in the woods and actually caught an actual Bigfoot on film. Right. While also have been trying to recreate, and do a reenactment in it for his documentary, not to pass it off and to fool people, just to add, you know, dramatization. Yeah, yeah, to add an interesting aspect to his documentary. 
and then he actually catches something real on film. I think both can be true, and maybe he was just kind of giving a big number to Bob Hieronymus, like, hey, I'll pay you a thousand bucks just because he needed Bob Hieronymus' body type. I guess he was kind of a bigger guy Mm -hmm. or wanted his body type or whatever, and probably was intending to pay him, but like that's one thing that a lot of people say is like they never felt like he was trying to get one over on him and he was trying to be sketchy or, or, or leave him hanging. He just never made his money back enough to pay people or never, you know, he intended to pay people. He just never got around to it and wasn't really good with keeping track of his money and his bills and stuff. Right. And, you know, so I think, I think both could be true. Like Hieronymus could be telling the truth but maybe he like that's another thing that that they made really um stand out to me in this book by Bill Munns um Hieronymus didn't know what he looked like in the suit like it's not like he stood in front of a mirror with the suit on right. like he was out in the woods he put it on it's a big helmet you can't necessarily see what you look like you can't see what you look like on the on the uh from the you know you know how you are in a costume you can't really see yourself no and then it's not like it's a digital film where they are just playing it back for you right after you do it like it would have been weeks or months before he probably even if if he saw it the next that next week he wouldn't have you know what i mean like yeah. He wouldn't have known, like, that one was me, you know, or... Well, that's the other that thing, too, real. is because he's walking, like, where, you know, Patty is, it's like, uh, it could be anywhere if you're shooting something similar like that. So, one, he could be confused whether or not that's actual footage of him, mm-hmm. and two, um, I want to see the footage of the other footage of this guy, like... Yeah. That, if yeah. we could find that, I don't think that would prove anything as disproved critics because it would be like, look at this fucking suit that mm-hmm. he bought, you know, because I read up on the suit, like, you know, some like common, you know, just dollar store suit type thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's look at that and let's look at the, you know, what the footage you caught. And that would be abundantly clear right there. But this guy doesn't have his suit, right, that he supposedly wore. Yeah, no, they haven't found the suit. Um, they haven't found the other footage of him making another documentary or possibly filming a reenactment with Bob Hieronymus's suit or whatever. And the guy, Philip Morris, who s- claims that he made the suit, National Geographic did this thing where they tried to make a recreation, and this happened, I think, in, oh, God, what was it, September? I think it happened in September of 67. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so in October, they were trying to get Philip Morris to send him a suit, and he he was basically like he, like he sent him a suit, but it didn't look anything like the Patterson Gimlin film. It was supposed to be the suit that he, you know, he's supposed to recreate the suit that he made for for Roger Patterson in in 1967, so they can make a reenactment or re- recreation of it. Well, he sent him the suit, and it they reported that it looked nothing like the Patterson Gimlin film and then he didn't give them permission to use the footage and he basically said like oh well it was during Halloween like my busiest time 
you know, because he's making other costumes and shit. So he was like, it's my busiest time. So I didn't have time to make the best quality suit for you. Uh, it's, it's kind like, of a big deal, dude. Uh, you don't think you could have maybe taken a month off or something? Like Exactly. Kind of like, this could put you on the fucking map. You don't think you could hold off one year, one Halloween season, and make a fucking suit for to prove that you were the guy who made Patterson Gimlin? Yeah, Patty, or maybe your, your tight ass could, like, hire some employees and pay somebody an honest <laughs> living and then, like, fucking go make the suit that's going to prove that you're this master craftsman. Yeah. and You know? put you on the on the fucking map like that would bring in so much more business but it is what it is he never pr- produced a suit eventually he died i think in 2007 and his wife um holds to the fact that you know they still claim to be the people but they've never they've since never still produced a suit his son i think runs the business now and they're still in business uh i think they're in tennessee or north carolina i think north carolina um they're still open for business and stuff. His son runs it, and but again, they've still never produced a suit that's anything of that quality. So that's another strike against like, where's the suit? Never found it. Where's the other footage of them actually using the suit? Haven't found that either. Does that mean that this is a hoax? No. Does that mean that it's real? No. no. It's just... <laughs> if you add it up, that's where I get stuck. Is like if you add it all up, there I don't think there's any way that Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin could have pulled off this hoax. No, no, it'd be the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which no. means it's a real Bigfoot. Which is, uh, it, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say that out loud, I guess, but mm-hmm. it is. It feels weird. Like yeah. there's going back to the footprints thing like a lot of people have come out and said that you know we're the guys who made the prints or whatever and you know you have like ray wallace and some different people in the in the bigfoot lore but like even if they did make some footprints like you're telling me you made everyone like even the cripple foot all the different sizes the ones with dermal ridges you went over to the fucking himalayas and made the yeti ones like (laughs) <laughs> they're all oh you know what i mean like yeah. there's so many it goes it it com- it's, compares to the the crop circles guys like yeah they made some of them but like all of them like y- there's no way you could have made every fucking crop circle this is pre-internet kids like yeah. you know like you would have had to fucking have the encyclopedia man make sure to give you the b for bigfoot because like, yeah. there's just no way that you can, like, right now we can figure out anything you want to know about how to uh, change your oil. You know, you could watch a video, and there's videos on videos on videos that we used to pay people. You know what I'm saying? You can yeah. do anything you now. You can figure but out anything nowadays. You can't extensively research something in the 60s like that, dude. Like You have to go to the library and... Or have a, go- a college degree, mm-hmm. like, you know, like... Yeah, go to the library and wherever you're, you know, hopefully you have a big enough library and I don't know how their primatology section is, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hopefully it's extensive because you're trying to fool the world, you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah. I don't know, man. I I don't know. I mean, if someone put a gun to my head and was like true or false, I'd probably be like, ah, true. Fuck. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. It, I think I land on, on this one being real. I think. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Maybe Bigfoot's gone extinct since then. Maybe everything else since then has been bullshit. But I think this one holds up and, and looks like the best. I It's at least the best evidence that we've ever gotten, gotten. And the best evidence available still of the possibility. And maybe, like I said, maybe every other one is bullshit and hoaxed or whatever. But and I'd be glad to admit I was wrong, too. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like if if someone I that's just that's the problem and I think that's like um just because I know you personally I don't want to put words in your mouth but like you know I feel like that's kind of like the theme of your show is like it's not necessarily we care what side is right or wrong as much as it's just mm-hmm. like can we fucking figure out the answer yeah yeah exactly like I don't care one way or the other I just want to present all the facts all the findings and then I can make a somewhat educated guess or, you know, an yeah. educated decision or, or conclusion on what I think is possible. Um, For sure. But yeah, I think that's a good way, good way to put it. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's, uh, at least that one, I think Patty's, Patty's real, you know, Bob Gimlin could be the last surviving member unless Patty's still alive. Ooh, that's deep. Okay, yeah. I think everybody I, else has passed away. I mean, yeah, but you would think, though. I don't know. I don't know. I would I would picture something like that to have a short lifespan, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I don't maybe. know why. 60 years is a long seems time. like a long time for an animal or for a primate, but like you know one living out in the woods like that but like she say she was in her 20s when they caught her on film she only got 40 years left so that would put her at 2007 that's that's great and you know i mean who knows if she's had any kids so yeah and yeah, yeah. obviously the, uh, yeah who knows what do you think about one thing we haven't talked about which we can touch on a little bit I've left this out because I don't want to create too much more controversy already in a controversial topic like this. But so for me, at least Bigfoot, I land on it's a flesh and blood creature. Sometime, some type of maybe lost primate hominid relic hominid relict hominid. Um, I don't think it's woo-woo. I don't think it's interdimensional or, you know, I land on the flesh and blood side, but there's also the, the interdimensional or, like, space alien side that we haven't talked about in our podcast yet. But what do you think? Ooh, um, well, I will say that um, I do – the older I get, the more I believe in interdimensional beings – um, in fact, that kind of explains in my head the whole religion things on, some, you know, on some. Ins- so I could see that is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but I don't think so. I think if anything, it's like you said, flesh and blood relic hominid, like, you know, has is the last possibly or close to being the last of its kind. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's just one of those like, you know, how people say sometimes like, well, if evolution is real, then why isn't there half alien and half or, you know, half uh, monkey, half humans walking around? Well, mm-hmm. maybe that was like the last of 
you know, I mean, there's 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 fish that are at the bottom of the sea that, like you said, aren't even supposed to be existed. Yeah. You know, they're supposed to be like, you know, gone for so long. So I don't know. Um, I think it's a little too trippy for me to get into the the, the dimensional thing. Um, I've never heard those theories. Um, they're pretty interesting. They say that, like, that's why you never find a dead body or bones because they jump back to their they die in their dimension and and um some people report like beams of light or some sometimes they're reported with some kinds of telepathy um or telekinesis being able to communicate or whatever with their minds and mm. They, they use it to explain like oh well that's why you never find their bodies or any sounds like a band-aid yeah it sounds like more yeah. of a band-aid than a like a credible t- i mean it'd be interesting i mean like i said i'm not opposed to that being a possibility but um i'd have to do some more research but on this at this time now nah, i'm gonna go flesh and blood yeah i think i think i mean that's the best way to look at it is like yeah you definitely keep your mind open like we could always be wrong about any of this shit but mm-hmm. uh, reality logically uh, if it if it is out there, it's probably f- a flesh and blood, you know, leftover relic hominid that we just haven't rediscovered or haven't proven, you know, yet. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's where I land. I wanted to talk about the woo-woo stuff because I know a lot of people are proponents of that, but it's weird how we, like, uh, separate ourselves and categorize ourselves in, even in conspiracy circles, like, or like cryptid circles, like not only are we all against the mainstream uh, understanding or acceptance of Bigfoot because we believe in Bigfoot, but then some of us believe that it's a flesh and blood and some of us believe that it's a interdimensional being or whatever. And then, so there's conflict even in with, even if you, you know, within the community itself, it's weird. It's a weird thing that, that we do to ourselves, but I think either way, I think, you know, whichever one it is or if it's not real at all or whatever, like, we don't need to form these opinions as part of our identity where, like, if it's if we're proven wrong, that means our whole, you know, perspective on life has to change or is, like... It's like dogma, it, you know? Yeah, Remember dogma? Yeah, it's dogma, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you just... You don't have a belief, have an idea. It's a lot easier to change an idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a belief. You got to, like you said, you got to read. You got to change everything, and that's commit the thing to too. it. Yeah, and like people, and you know, there's a lot of negativity. I think that um, you know, every opinion can be debated respectfully, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what we do here, and make sure you know we would always do with people in in the real world too. Is you know, just treat people with respect. Um, you know, I, there's nothing in my head that I believe so adamantly that I'm like, it pisses me off with somebody that has a different opinion. Yeah. Um, I might not be able to understand their opinion, but I've never been like thought to myself, they're stupid for believing this. So, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, and that's not like, you know, woe is me, but, you know, maybe with this stuff, hopefully no one gets offended or they can see what we're trying to do and, um, you know, keep everything positive as we are. Yeah. 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 Definitely don't attack other people for 
believing in Bigfoot or not believing in Bigfoot or aliens or any of this shit. It's just keep an open mind and, and see what we can figure out together. I think that's the best way to go about it. But yes, sir. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, for everybody listening at home, if you're looking for a book to check out, we've mentioned a couple of them already on this podcast, but uh, When Roger Met Patty by Bill Munns, William Munns. It's a great book. Uh, it's really in-depth, really a lot of good detailed material in there that if you want um, if you want more on this topic and, and more of a deeper dive, uh, that's a really good book, really uh, a lot of good content for, for this topic. So I definitely check that out. And, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, contact us at aliensafterdark, the number nine, at gmail.com. Uh, we love getting your emails and, and all of your comments. We've been getting a lot more lately, so thank you so much. And, you know, leave us a like. Leave us uh, five stars if you want to give us a rating. That would help us out. I'm not obligated to at all. We, If you're not going to leave us five stars, don't, don't, just don't uh, rate us at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you want to rate us, you want to help us out, um, five stars always helps. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for being on Riggs. You want to plug anything real quick or, uh, well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me on. I appreciate, um, for every time I've got to be on here and, um, you know, I hope everybody's liking the content because I know how hard you've worked at this and, um, yeah, it's only going to get better. Um, as far as what I'm doing now, nothing to plug. I have my movie, my last film is on TromaNow.com. You can uh, sign up for a subscription and stream it. The movie's called Our Cousin Otis. Uh, it's a 38-minute short. Um, so, yeah, if uh, anybody's interested, you could always check that out. Um, Troma has a bunch of good movies. Um, anybody who's into B-movies and that kind of horror stuff, you know, Toxic Avenger, Class of Newcomb High, stuff like that, it's a good platform to go up there and check it out. And I feel really um, honored to even... Um, share the same space with uh, some of those titles. So, uh, yeah, check that out. I'm working on another film, writing some scripts. So, um, yeah, we're just going to keep it moving, doing what we do. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. All right, well, that will probably wrap it up for us. Um, thank you so much for listening again, and keep looking up because it's always dark somewhere, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>